4, verse 14. Because sin, your old flesh, shall not be master over you. If you are a follower of Jesus, sin will not be your king, will not be your master. You were never designed to be under the rulership of Satan in the first place. And now that you've been bought back and bought back at a price, you were never designed to be under the rulership of the evil one. He was never designed to control your thoughts and your thinking and your emotions. He's never been God's design that you would fall under his power and his strength. It is God's design that you would have a different master. Here it comes a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, everyone. My name is John McKenzie, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, while we continue a series that we have that's going on, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I am not ashamed of the gospel. Absolutely. And this is like one of those episodes where, episode, it's really not an episode. Episodic? Epis, episodic. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, it's, it's, a, it's a real put your thinking cap on and really get ready to wrestle with God's Word. Grab that coffee that you're just driving by Tim Hortons right now. Get that coffee. Mm-hmm. You're going to be up for a while trying to figure this one out. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this and, and this message was right around Christmas, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, just how, how those things fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving was one of those, and Christmas was one. Yes. Uh, but this message, one of the things, Stan, and, and we were going through it, and I'm trying to remember how that relationship works. Um, Jesus was crucified. Is, that, is this how yes, it starts? How does it go? Yes, Jesus was crucified. I was crucified. Yes. Okay, you do it, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll okay, back you up. Okay. Um, he was crucified. I was crucified. He died. I died. He was buried. I was buried. He is raised again in newness of life. Which is the good news. So am I. Absolutely. All right, good. So I got that straight. Now, in this message, part part that was a little confusing to me was the idea that sin is dead in my life. Mm-hmm. But regularly it doesn't feel that dead yeah that does happen doesn't it <laughs> seems to so how, how does that work and again is it you know and the way you were talking about before was sort of the power source right is gone from it is that how right it is? it's unplugged it's, i mean there's it's like a you choose to reconnect and ah. to follow the path or to not connect in it's amazing you're, you're told that in an addiction cycle you have five seconds in the first five seconds, the choice is made whether you're going to follow down that path or not. And I kind of think the sin cycle is not an awful lot different that when we're confronted with a temptation, when we're confronted with sin, we have a very short period of time. And before we know it, if we aren't proactive, if we don't choose not to sin, and I love how James McDonald puts that, he says, choose to sin, choose you to choose sin. to suffer. The other day, I was in the truck, and we had the dog in the truck, and the dog sits closer than did when we were dating. 
He, he, likes, he likes to sit close to me in that front seat of that old diesel truck. Even more so, Jesus sits close to you, invades you, is almost figuratively growing in you day by day, moment by moment. For if we have become united with him in the likeness, how? In the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also, in the likeness of his resurrection, if we died with him, we'll live with him, is what that's saying. The likeness is expected to be the same or as close as, like as, as much until heaven comes and the trumpet of the Lord sounds and in the twinkling of an eye and you will be totally changed no longer. Here's the change. You may be wondering about that. The new life that Jesus has put into you is in direct proportion and fighting against the old nature that is in there because the old nature stays. And so there's this, this tussling match. Imagine a circle and who's going to push who out of the circle? Push me out, no trouble. But I mean, like it would, it, you, know, you play hockey and all those, you know, it's kind of like I might be good for like, like a minute and then I'd die and then you'd win. And you might even take a minute. The old nature and the new nature are, are fighting for position. Before there was no new nature, the old nature had the whole run of the whole circle. Now there's two natures. Jesus puts his nature in there, and the whole idea is to push as much of the old nature out of the circle of your life, out of the control, out of the kingship, out of the power, out of the, out of the control center of your life, until the moment comes when either you die and it's over, that was a bad snap, or, or like that, and the Jesus returns and that whole process is changed. The old nature's pulled, that's the difference. That's the picture that he's painting there. You need to exchange death for life. Number two, you've exchanged bondage for freedom. Knowing this, Knowing what? That our old self, it means the ancient one. The one that's been there from the beginning, from the point of time when you were a toddler and through your first hissy fit and you didn't get what you wanted. The one that's been with you all through life in the likeness of his death, knowing this, that our old self, the ancient one, the guy I used to be, life before Jesus, however you want to look at it, well, how different is the new you than the old you? What's new life like versus old life? Is it just a subtle change? Is it a growing change? Is it a powerful change? I know people that have been supposed followers of Jesus for 30 years and they're no different than they were 30 years ago. Well, if you're following somebody, you're going somewhere. If it's not going anywhere, then you're not following someone. Knowing this, that our old self, what about it? It was crucified with him. It was nailed to a cross. In order, here's the purpose, that, that our old self was nailed there, that our body of sin, the part of me that's devoted to sin, under the kingship of sin, the part of us that's in the flesh, Paul begins to use. Remember, we've got three uses for that word flesh there. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. 
that it might be done away with. That means to become unemployed, Ivan. That word is, I mean, if, if you were done away with in first century Jerusalem and your employer said, you're done away with, don't come to work the next day. It's unemployed. It's been done away with. It's unemployed. God wants your flesh to become unemployed. So that purpose, we would no longer, from this point forward, be slaves to sin. Come under the kingship of of Jesus, not under the kingship of sin. To work against my will, to have no choice. God wants that done away with. That's where you were at before Jesus came in. You had no choice. You sinned because it's what you did naturally in the flesh. You had no choice. It came and you would see and you would sin. But now there are two natures. There's somebody else in the circle with you. In your flesh, the old nature, Jesus wants that unemployed for. Because he who has died is free. Rendered as you were meant to be, free from sin, free from the power of sin. So as followers of Jesus, many times we spend more time and resources and life support for something that is supposed to be dead than pulling the plug and letting it die. Are you willing to pull the plug? I've been there. I've been there with a loved one, and, and it's like, like, do you pull the plug? Do you, do you end things as they are because... The body is nothing going on, but you keep the life support there. The power in your life over you, the controlling interest in you, the kingship of sin is dead. The problem is, is we're pouring so much into life support, keeping the old nature alive, following the old paths, going the old direction, keeping the old attitudes going. We put so much into life support where God wants freedom. God wants us to be free to serve him, free to enter in, free to be the new man and the old woman, the old one, the new woman, not the old man and the old woman. God wants that freedom there and we support what is dead and we pour into what's dead and we plug into what's dead. And God never intended the corpse of sin in your life to be up and moving and vibrant. He intended the Holy Spirit, the one that he has put into you, the one who pours life, not death. And as surely as gangrene in the body leads to death, so does sin and and corruption in our life declare that the life force is not there, that death is reigning and not life. And that's not what he has for you. That's not what he desires for you. And part of our 30 days of prayer and fasting is to look inside and say, God, are you reigning and in control of my life? Am I living in defeat as one who is defeated? Am I living as one that is in death and on life support? Or am I living the kind of life that you intended me to live? In freedom to serve you, to love you, to be the man, the woman, the husband, the wife, the son, the daughter that you always have created me to be. And that is what he has for his children. It is something of greatness, and we trade the greatness for, for the death and the stench of death. 
and we hold on to death and we go, but I can't imagine my life any other way. I can't imagine myself not being tied to sin. We are also looking at 30 days and six nights. And in the six nights, if all goes as we are thinking and we, as we look through some of this teaching, there is an amazing series by um, uh, James Robinson. And it speaks of life that is different. It holds out hope, not oppression and not guilt and not being beaten by what I am not, but hope that there is a new life and there is a change, that there is no longer bondage. And that is the power of the cross in you and working through you. Well, the question, does my life have to change? Yes. He then talks about the new you and the new freedom. And here's the new reality, verses 8 to 11. You have a new residence with Jesus, verse 8. Now, if we have died with Jesus, and you have. That's the truth. If you are his follower, you've died with him. If we have died with Jesus, we believe that we also shall live with him. You have a new residence. A new master, verse 9. Knowing means to perceive, it's, it's, it's done, it's past, it's finished. Knowing that Christ, having been raised, no longer are we waiting for that. that that's done. He's raised. That he's been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master, is no lo- longer Lord over Jesus. If, if you're like Jesus, once you are raised, you will not die again. That's the newness of life that he has promised you, life that's overflowing. As Jesus died once, never more to die again. So when you die with him, you, the real you, not the physical you, we we haven't stopped the physical you yet. The old nature is still there. If the old nature was gone, you would not die. But the old nature is not gone. He's still in the circle to whatever degree. Happy Pentecost. Is that how you say it? Or is it Merry well, Pentecost? Well, positive Pentecost? Yes, yes, positive. Happy. I don't know. I don't know much about Pentecost. I don't know Pentecost. either. What, what, I, yeah, no, I don't know. It's 50. Penta is 50. So oh. it's 50, 50 days after Passover. But you're, you're not like, mo- you're, you're like most Christians. Like they really don't know what Pentecost is all about either. Not much. But we're going to cure that. Okay. Because we, on the 26th of May, we are going to have an amazing evening where we're going to have a traditional Jewish Pentecost supper. We're going to have a, uh, a, a guest speaker who's going to fill us all in. In fact, he's not going to speak. He's going to do it through drama. Mm. What would have been like in the upper room at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit showed up and this whole show got on the road? So it's on May 26, 6 p.m., and that's at 112 Spadina Road West. Evangel Community Church. Now, how much does this cost? $40, $50 to come to this? No, $4 for an adult, children under 12 free. Oh, great. So 112 Spadina Road West. That's where we're having it. May 26, 6 p.m. Absolutely. See you there. We also know from this that when you put your faith and your trust in Jesus and truly are his follower. If you've died with him, you have died with him. You've been raised with him and you will not 
die again. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, death no longer is master over him. Well, Jesus mastered death. 1 Corinthians 15 says, For I delivered to you as of first importance that I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried, connect that with what we've just been reading, and that he was raised on the third day, also coincides with what we've just been reading, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared, and, and like if you're kind of wondering, how many witnesses were here to this resurrection? He appeared to Cephas, that's Peter's old name, then to the 12, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Paul's saying, check it out. See what's going on. Talk to some of these people. You and I can't do that, but that's what he was saying at their time. They could have. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me, that's Paul, also, for I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain. God's grace is sufficient. Well, you have a new residence and you have a new master and Now we have a new motivation, verse 10. And that's pleasing the Father. For the death that he died, that's that's the cross, he died to sin once for all. It doesn't have to ever be repeated. It's sufficient. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. He lives for God. New residence, new master, new motivation. Here's the new power, verse 11. Even so, even though this is all true, Consider means to reckon something, to calculate it out, to do the math on it. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Idea of being clothed in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus died, you have died. Because Jesus was in a tomb, you've been in a tomb. Because Jesus has been raised, you've been raised. You now have to do the math and reckon that you are dead to sin. Dead to sin there means not no longer under the power of, no longer under the control of. Sin, Josh, is no longer reigning in your life. You do not have to sin. You will sin. We understand that. But you no longer are under the control, the compunction that you must do. You must be a servant. Kind of like the zombie movies in the, in the past where we've talked about them before where they just kind of walk around not thinking. Not, they just do what zombies do because they're zombies. You used to do that. You used to walk like that. But now Jesus is control of your life. And though you have some zombie parts and some zombie moments and some zombie times, Jesus is there and your life has taken on new meaning in a new direction. Well, the question, does my life have to change? Yes. He talked about the new you, and he talked about the new freedom, and we're going to wrap up with the new master. You now have a new master. You must choose your sovereign, verse 12. Therefore, since we're dead to sin and alive to God, therefore, rides on the coattails of what came before it. Because this is true, because of this point, therefore, now, 
following that thinking, add those kinds of phrases in, that helps you to jump ahead on this. Therefore, do not let sin reign. Do not let sin become king in your mortal bodies, in your flesh. Remember, the flesh is used three different ways in the New Testament. There's the flesh, the part of our physical appetites. And Paul talks about the flesh all the time. I have appetites as a human being. Some are for food, sex, pleasure. You could put it in. There's appetites that we all have. The second area is the old nature. He talks about that as the flesh. And he talks about the old nature being a part, just kind of like it's, it's just part of us. It's growing into it. Now it's being pushed out of the circle. And then the second way, the third way he uses it is for our body. And that's the way that Paul's using it here. Don't let sin reign. Don't let sin be king of your flesh. I mean, you could look at it as your appetites as well. You could, but I think primarily context, context always is king and in interpretation. Context is telling me that in my body, in my flesh, don't let sin reign. Don't let sin be king any longer. Don't let your temper reign in your body. Don't let your procrastination reign in your body. Don't let your whatever reign in your body. So that you obey its lust, its cravings. It's the idea of knocking at the door. And this word here uh, of, of lust, it's, 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 like, it's like in the old times when, when somebody would knock at the door, the servant would go to the door to check it out. So if Larry was my servant, there was a knock at the door. He would go to the door and he would kind of like kind of look through the, and he would check out who it was at the door and whether he should open the door or not. The picture that Paul is painting here, when sin knocks at the door, when the lusts of the world knock at the door, I now, I don't just open the door for everything, I now have a choice on whether or not to open the door. I have a choice to leave the door closed. What knock are you answering? What's knocking at your door? Is a discontentment knocking at your door? Is frustration knocking at your door? Is giving up knocking at your door? Is an angry spirit knocking at your door? What sin, what part of the flesh is knocking at the door and are you going to open it? You have a choice. Every day you have a choice. Every moment you have a choice. Of who are you going to open the door up for? When it comes knocking, choose your battleground, verse 13. Choose your sovereign, choose your battleground, and do not go on. Stop what you've been doing. Do not go on presenting the members of your body, the parts of your body, your eyes, your ears. James talked about the tongue a powerful part of your body because it pours out the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Stop presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments, as tools, as implements of unrighteousness. I love tools. I have a collection of tools. I have 
my grandfather's collection of tools, my other grandfather's collection of tools, I have my father's collection of tools. I have, collect- I have tools that I have never seen because they're still in boxes because I love boxes of tools. God wants the tools of your life to be clean and shining and sharp and useful. He wants them on the bench so that at a moment's notice he can grab whatever tool, whether it's your gift in music, your gift in prayer, your gift of evangelism, your gift of encouragement, your gift with children, your gift of a loving heart that will put your arm around another person. Whatever gifts God has given you, he wants them on the bench. He wants them oiled. He wants them ready. He wants them well worn and well used. You ever met people with tool collections that never use their tool collections and everything's on a pegboard and nice and neat and it never has it sawed or drilled or measured? So many Christians are, are, are entering the kingdom with a full tool set that is packed in the box and has never been opened. Because they refuse to let Jesus live in and through their lives to be poured out as an offering for him. Choose your sovereign. Choose the battleground. Choose what you're going to power up. But present yourselves to God. It means to put yourself in God's hands as those alive from the dead. Those who have been resurrected. Living in the power of the resurrection. Put your life as a tool into God's hands. Don't hold out. Don't hold back. Don't rob God of what he has given you to be used in his body. And your members as instruments of righteousness. Don't don't let your body be an instrument, a tool of, of evil. But let it be a tool of righteousness. Let your tongue be a tongue of righteousness. The hands and and the sweat of your brow be instruments of righteousness. Doing good, doing right. Scripture says that you were created for good works. Well, and you know, it's interesting you talk about it from from an addiction standpoint, right? Because these are habits or addictions. And for a lot of people... Mm -hmm. They've had it for, you know, most yeah. of their lives. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, and I, even one of them, I'd, even, I'd say it's not sin is an addiction. I'd say each one of those things is almost yeah. like an addiction to itself. Yeah. I have been programmed and this is how I'm going to work things. Yeah. In most cases, sin doesn't even have to do anything yeah. for it. It's, it's us doing it. Right. And we're just following the patterns right. that we've been going through. But Jesus has come to set you free. Mm-hmm. Free from your addictions. If you're a liar, he has come to set you free from lying. If you steal, he set you free from stealing. If you've been addicted to money, he's come to set you free from the addiction of money. He has come to set you free. Okay, so let, let's go with the fact that I've been set free. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what we've talked about here. How, and now all of a sudden, I have things in my life that I, I didn't even know. And, and you know, Paul talks mm-hmm. about this again. You know, good news, the Bible mm-hmm. tells you all the things that you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, it tells you the yeah, law, right. right? And then it says, "Here's Jesus to you know to free you in in that sense." Yeah. So, I have sin in my life. 
are there ways for me to recognize that? Yeah. Should I be asking people who are Christians? How should well, that work? well, I think you you know you really said it right there. Is that is that you begin to see things in your life that you never saw before? That's that promise of new life. That's Jesus entering in. Jesus entering in. Great. And uh, as 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 always, again, we're going to continue this message next week, uh, the series, and we'd encourage you to join us for that. And as always, remember, don't end your day without a word with God. of